Hello and welcome back to the Football Roundup, Energy Sports' longest-running football show. My name is Jack Donnelly and on today's show we discuss Scotland's two international fixtures against Israel and Slovakia, look ahead to their match against Czech on Wednesday night and look ahead to the weekend with the old firm and the new championship season looming. As always, I'm joined by Struan Garvey alongside Sean McGill and Cameron Wanstall. This week's big question... It's not so much football related because I was just struggling for content. This Why week. would it be on the football roundup? I know. Well, on the football roundup, it's not, but it is related to internationals. So <laughs> the, I, I, boys, it's a stretch. I've, I've struggled this weekend. I have to say, I've, I've, I've not had a productive weekend. We'll say that. I, it's still related to international football. So, in spirit of kind of, you, well, you 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 tend to open the show, Sean, on extra time with a fairly out out there question. You always end up asking what we've had for dinner and that. So, uh, but extra time's not really about football. Is it? It's just a way for me to run my mouth for an hour. Or so, so. <laughs> Why do you think I run two shows, Sean? Like, <laughs> <laughs> so the question I'm asking: What's the best holiday you've been on? <laughs> I love that, Cameron. I want you to start us off. Uh, aye, that's crazy for me. Algarve. Portugal. Oh, I like the album. I've been, I've been Absolutely before. Yeah. That's how I remember my dad. And uh, oh, it's just such a good holiday. Mate. If anyone's wanting a wee cheap holiday, Algarve. What, like what was so good about it? it? I thought it was just the, the weather was amazing the whole time. We were literally a five minute walk to the beach. Uh, hotel was brilliant, all inclusive. Um, it was just so clean. That's what I remember. All the streets and that was just. It, there was not one bit. <laughs> like. like Trash anyway, it was just amazing. Trash. I don't know how to explain it. Trash. <laughs> Trash. What age are you, man? You're <laughs> <laughs> so clean. That's just what I remember about it. That's not why I liked it. That's just what I remember. It was like, you all go in Edinburgh, there's just rubbish everywhere. It wasn't like that there. Mm. It was just so immaculate and nice. And that's what I took away from that holiday. <laughs> <laughs> this is starting better than I could have imagined, man. Honestly, See, I'm just bringing some life to that to that question. You're bringing so, life to the question yeah. with the cleanest place in Europe, being <laughs> in Portugal. I mean, fair enough. If that if that's what you want to take away from it, what what age were you when you went? Talking about all inclusive at the hotel. Uh, Mid teens. Uh, ah, never took your back. Never took um, full advantage of it. Fifteen or so, no, sixteen, but probably too young to drink. That's what all inclusive there for, boys. We know this. I know, I know. Oh, but the, so we started with the cleanest place in Europe. That's good. I've I've been to Algarve. Algarve's quite nice. That's very good. Uh, Sean, what about yourself? From the cleanest place in Europe to the dirtiest place in Europe, Magaluf. Oh, <laughs> you're, you're, Maga's your fa- Maga's been your favourite holiday that you've ever been on. Probably the first time away with the boys. Just like good pools, pool parties every day. Like just going out at night. I mean, we were all inclusive as well. We decided to splash the cash just to make sure because we were not confident that we would survive if we uh, like didn't have food or didn't have enough money. So we got to get the guaranteed food in. Uh, made breakfast a couple of times, which I was quite proud of because I paid for it. Eh? So I was like, I'll get up absolutely. What did, what did you some. make then? Ma- oh, you made. Oh, you made it. Sorry. Oh, you, I as in you actually time, made it. Right. Okay. <laughs> I'd be confused. It was like that. What you just uh, scrambling eggs just <laughs> over on a uh, Tuesday afternoon. Being abroad on a holiday like that is like you don't feel as hungover because like the sun's out and you're in the pool. I'll back that. Yeah. When when you're like here and I'm looking at my window right now and it's horrible rain on a Sunday and you just feel horrendous in your bed, but it cures it. You're sorted. I do like that. I, do, I, I did something similar. I did, I did Zante after after sixth year. And it was... I, I can echo a lot of your thoughts there. It was... I, I don't think I did make breakfast once. It was one of them. I, I think breakfast finished at like half ten. And I would always uh, wake up at like quarter to eleven. I'd be like, oh well, just get lunch. 
So it wasn't just, wasn't too much of a problem, thankfully. It's the way it goes. I do really like Barcelona as well. It's a beautiful city. Mm. Um, with a, a nice me and my pals want to go to an actual game, see Messi yeah. before before he before his he time's leaves, up. But, but we, we get there in the next year, in case he, <laughs> in case <laughs> he <laughs> ship. Better get a move on. Goodness sake! Uh, it's two and one. yourself. Uh, I'll actually tie into Barcelona from I think it was like the, probably the first holiday I can remember back in two thousand and six. And my older brothers were massive football fans, and I think that was the season Barcelona had won the Champions League. So we did like the whole the camp the Camp Nou tour and stuff like that. And I remember holding the Champions League, and that was like one of the first memories I ever had of football. And my my Ronaldinho top at the time, <laughs> it was quite clean as well, to be honest. My 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 my, my time at Magaluf was not very clean though, so I won't mention that one. <laughs> I, no one was asking you to you didn't even bring that up. <laughs> You, 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 you're a man that uh, buys uh, football tops with players in the back that emulate yourself, of course, on the, on the pitch. I, do, I don't anymore. I think the last name I had on a top was uh, Zlatan Ibrahimovic because you're not going to not get Ibrahimovic. But I mean, if if I had to get a name on the top that represented my abilities on the football pitch, I think we'd be talking about a Stephen O'Donnell top. <laughs> <laughs> no, you, you, I thought you were more left-sided, were you not? Being one of a considine. I know, but oh, I couldn't really think of a bad left-back off the top of my head. Look, Shaw, there we go. <laughs> I wasn't that hard. It really wasn't that hard. <laughs> so we've had we've had the Algarve, we've had Magaluf, we've had Barcelona. I think I'll I'll, I'll go for I'll go for New York, New York City. Went uh, concrete jungle where dreams mm-hmm. are made. Can I do that, man? Copyrighted, like license license for podcast. It's only like four seconds. Sorry, did that sound too much like Alicia Keys? You did, mate. It was too <laughs> convincing. That's the problem. Uh, it was ju- just uh, just past there uh, when uh, Christmas. Uh, it was a big kind of. Our celebration we went for it was my my granny's seventieth birthday on Christmas Day, so uh, I mean the family all went out had a few days got to go uh, Madison Square Garden up the Empire State Building uh, down at Ground Zero which was harrowing it's honestly one of the strangest experiences mm-hmm. uh, you can actually because for for a, they obviously the city that never sleeps constant noise it's silent there like it's like a vacuum of sound it's so odd but it was br- brilliant place and I feel like I've you, you never see enough in New York when you first go, so I feel, I'm desperate to go back and see a lot more of what it has to offer. Cleanliness out of 10, Jack? Probably a, a solid poo. Like, it, yeah, it, not clean enough. Like, nah, there's not a chance. You wouldn't see me going to New York. No. <laughs> you wouldn't be there. I couldn't do it. This, this is a city that like uh, you get videos of rats scranning pizza, like dragging pizza down subway steps and that on Twitter. So, Sounds I mean, like my type of place. <laughs> 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 Sorry, <laughs> I, don't, I don't even know how to make that. I, th- I think the best thing we could do now is move on and talk about something that we're, we're, all, we're all in good spirits about for once. Uh, we're going to go back to Thursday night. And Scotland managed to dump Israel out of contention for a place at the Euros through a penalty shootout. Game finishing 0-0 after extra time with Steve Clark's boys scoring each of their five penalties and David Marshall coming up big to save Israel first, Israel's first and put some distance between themselves and their opponents. Uh, Sean, we've been saying it since that night, but we're just one game away from the first major tournament of our lifetimes. How does that feel? That's all I can keep thinking. One game away. like It's so, so exciting. And it was a horrendous game of football. <laughs> I was chucked out the pub at half-time extra time. I had to... Make, just make getting, sure just getting too rowdy. That wasn't even the, wasn't even the restrictions. That was you no. just cutting up a first. <laughs> I was going too far. <laughs> <laughs> I had to make sure my mum was outside, ready to go to like a getaway car, so we could get home and take <laughs> the, the second half extra time. Um, 
But it doesn't matter because we're there. We, the only thing that mattered in that game was the result. It'll be the same on the 12th of November. The only thing that matters is the result. Mm-hmm. Um, and we're going to be underdogs in that game, but who cares? One game away. My positive vibe strategy worked last I week. I was going to say, do you feel like you, you had an influence on it? Just oh, 100%. Really, 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 100%. Just you. Like I'm, <laughs> I'm expecting a phone call from Steve Clark this week, really. Um, How much would that make your... Make your oh, my your... God. <laughs> <laughs> If you think I'm annoying now, just you wait for that one. Um, yeah, but I think there'll be a lot of criticism over Steve Clark, but you've just got to look at it. Um, we'll, sure, we'll get on to it, but mm-hmm. seven games unbeaten. We're one game away from our first major tournament in 23 years. No complaints from me. No complaints for you. And, that, that's, and that's just your Kelly side talking anyway. Absolutely. Uh, we'll get on some of that criticism we've had. Uh, I mean, it seems a bit odd to think that a win that meant this much to the country... Uh, could bring about so many complaints in a way, but it did. <laughs> but it did. It's classic Scotland being pessimistic about everything. I mean, many, us included, as Sean mentioned, were very underwhelmed by their performance. It just was not a good game of football to watch. Uh, we didn't muster a shot on target until the first penalty went in past Ofer Marciano in the Israel net. Uh, I mean, Clark went with two big strikers up front in Ollie, in Ollie McBurney and Lyndon Dykes, but our wing backs and Robertson and <clears throat> Stephen O'Donnell. Uh, they seemed opposed to the idea of crossing the ball into them throughout the night. Cameron, can you understand the complaints that were had? Yeah, for sure. No, no, it was a really drab game. Um, the excitement really started when the penalties uh, kicked off, and um, I think I think we have a right to. They started two big, big lumps up top, and <laughs> I think we knew that's how it was going to go. Basically, at five at the back as well, mm-hmm. it was never going to be an exciting, free flowing game of football, and. Um, I think you can mock the, you can criticise the performances, but at the end of the day, we won. We're through to the playoff final, and that's what really matters. It is what really matters at the end of the day. Yeah. Uh, Struan, someone that went through kind of both sides, both sides of the uh, ha- happiness and sadness of a football game. John McGinn, you, Hibbs' own John McGinn, in case they uh, don't remind you enough. Mm. He picked up the man of the match award in the game, which was quite surprising to some myself included because I was a bit shocked that he put, uh, picked up the award I didn't think he had a good second half whatsoever I thought his decision making was uh, fairly off throughout the throughout the evening but I mean even with your Hibernian bias that we all know you have do you think he deserved the, the uh, award of man of the match or would you give it to someone like Lyndon Dykes or maybe one of the defenders who kept the clean sheet I, th- I think I'd probably have to go for Declan Gallagher purely on the fact that the performance was pretty dreadful. We never had a shot on target, so I don't really see how you can warrant it. And then at the same time, I don't really think the defence had to do that much throughout the game, but because they did keep the clean sheet, I think I would go Declan Gallagher over McGinn. But can you, can you like, is there any part of you that sees why McGinn got this award? Or got uh, the the match I, think, I think he was technically out of position because he was playing a lot closer to the strikers than he previously has without Armstrong or Christie in the team. So there was maybe a bit of, you know, he did well in that position given the circumstances. But there just there weren't really that many standout performances. To be honest, I mean, I'd be tempted just to give it to David Marshall for saving a penalty. Sean, what were you going to jump in there with? He properly puts himself about though, John McGinn. Like, he I does. Think he yeah. embodies what Steve Clark's Scotland team is going to be. The fact that he puts himself about, um, he's constantly pressing, he's constantly running, and I, I thought the same last night as well. His first touch is sometimes a bit off. Sometimes the passes aren't quite perfect, but. He really is the sort of talisman for this Scotland side, and I think 
not really excluding anyone. I think John McGinn's the first name on my team sheet every game now. Yeah, I'd agree. No, I, I definitely would agree with that, and I'm not, and I'm not trying to say he's he's been. A, Aye, it wasn't perfect, he's, was he's been a bad player at all for Scotland because he's been no. fantastic. But I, I feel like there were. It was a bit of an odd shout considering there wasn't really a lot of end product, Aye. I suppose, for a man of the match. But like you said, he did get himself about the pitch very well and I guess he has done. Stepping up and taking the first penalty as well is pretty. takes just, a lot of courage just, to do that. Just getting the pass. Yeah. <laughs> it, was, it was a squeaky one. Squeak, squeaky being the optimal word. I mean, lucky as well. But it doesn't matter. We're through and we'll just kind of ignore this game from now on. Uh, so the one game we've got between us and the European Championship appearance is midway through next month in November as we travel to Serbia, who get past Norway in extra time on Thursday night, meaning that we avoid facing Erling Haaland and Martin Odegaard, to name some of that talented squad. How do we feel about this game, uh, just in general, at the moment, the way things are? Hopeful, nervous, or just wanting it over and done with? I'm a bit more hopeful now. You're more hopeful now? Yeah, I think before the Israel game, there was always that. There was always that two game. You know, we've seen we've we've seen Scotland. We've all seen Scotland. We just know what we can do. We can snatch defeat from the jaws of victory. And I, I just had that fear, especially right at the end when the ball came across and Wiseman, if he'd gotten the slightest of touches on it, he'd have probably scored. But mm. after seeing Serbia, they did pretty well to get past Norway. To be fair, Norway are a good side. And then they lost at home to Hungary. We then got our. Would you say last night's win was convincing? We'll get on to it. Com- uh, we, yeah, we got a comfortable win. I think what I'm trying to keep in mind as well is that some of our best players are still out missing, yeah. so mm-hmm. we could have an even stronger team. A lot of the team are really getting to know each other, especially in the back line. So I think I think my confidence is is growing more th- more so than it probably was a couple of months ago. Sean, are you carrying over your positive vibes then? Yeah, have to be. We're one game away, um, <laughs> but uh, someone's going to have to do a job on Milinkovic Savic, aren't they? Like, mm-hmm. obviously, what a fantastic creative player he is. You'd imagine uh, it might be Ryan Jack who sort of just sits on That's him and tries myself, to yeah. to nullify him as much as possible. Even if you you try to cut off the service, like so Dusan Tadic and Alexander Mitrovic. I mean, I think they were the more favourable option out of uh, Norway, mm-hmm. but. You've still got to. It's the best of a bad bunch, to be honest. It is, but they're still a good side. But also, there's a reason they're in the same playoff as us. There's a reason they were League C. Um, so you've just got to hope that we can nullify them as much as possible and then take our chances. Cameron, how are you feeling for this? Um, more optimistic than I was when I was speaking on extra time last week. I kind of slandered Scotland, but um, <laughs> yeah, I was, I was quite harsh actually. But no, definitely. I think even though we've. Sh- like you say, it was a comfortable win against Slovakia, but I, I, I don't know. We still look a little bit poor going forward. But um, no, I think if a Steve Clark defensive masterclass comes out against Serbia, we have a, a really good chance. Even if it's taking the penalties again, I have no problem with that. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm quietly confident. Let's just put it that way. Quietly confident. The hype going into that week is going to be horrendous. Oh. Like, you're just <laughs> going to feel it all week. Like, it's, it's I gonna, mean, tension's oh, going to be in the air. Like, it's going to be a bit uncomfortable at moments, to be honest, the way I see it. 
I'd like to make a formal plea to the First Minister. Oh my God. Please, <laughs> have the pubs open. I'm Let folk into house eat something for this one game. I know, like, just if, one night, Nicky. You, Nicky just a three-hour <laughs> period. Doesn't even need just... You tweet your congratulations. Give, give, us something to, give us something to look forward to with this game, please. I'm no, I'm no bothered about Christmas. I don't care about seeing my family. I'd like to see, <laughs> I'd like to see Scotland get to a major tournament. So we see Christmas every single year. We see Christmas. This is, once in a, this is the first in a lifetime for us. We... <laughs> We've had 2021 Christmases. This is the only time it could happen. So if coronavirus is going to take a break for one day, 12th of November, please. I'm sure coronavirus listens to the show. Can we just distract it with something? What? Like what? (laughs) Go to another country. (laughs) (laughs) Oh no! I think I did say it was. It was one of the first things I thought of when we got through. I was sitting thinking, I'm not doing this, the next game in my room on my own, nah. watching watching a stream. I, it needs to be a, a group effort for that one. I will respect government guidelines. Yes, but please sort it out. <laughs> I'll go on record to say that government guidelines will be respected. What I say off record doesn't get recorded, so I mean Absolutely. it doesn't matter. He can't say it back to me. Uh, we'll move on from uh, the. Kind of silliness that we're getting into about the potential appearance at a European Championship and talk about Nations League because Scotland also played last night. They retained top spot in their Nations League group by defeating Slovakia 1-0 at Hamden courtesy of a Lyndon Dykes goal in the second half. His second goal in four games. Before we talk about the game itself, I do want to talk about Lyndon Dykes just quickly. Cameron, this was only his fourth appearance for the senior side but he already looks like one of the more competent and convincing number nines that we've had in years. His ability to hold the ball up and his work rate are from standing out ahead of cert- vastly ahead of certain members of this squad already. And that's before we even talk about his, his eye in front of goal. How good has he been for Scotland so far? Yeah, well, he's scoring, and that's what we need. That It kills me when we keep hearing names like Colso over him, and Barney keeps getting brought up all the time. He'll settle eventually. It, it annoys me when people go like, oh, Stephen Fletcher. It's like, no, not, no. not Stephen Fletcher. Please, not Stephen Fletcher. Um, a real breath of fresh air, and I think... I think yeah, he's he's getting goals. So that's what really matters. He's a real sort. Of, he's playing like a poacher basically. Like that goal mm. against Slacker the other night. That's exactly what you want. Getting away from your marker, poking the ball home, and uh, let's just keep it keeps going. We could finally have an out and out goal scorer for the first time since I don't know who was the last. Whatever. Uh, yeah. Griffiths. Whoever it was, we weren't allowed Maybe to see Griffiths, them play. Yeah. <laughs> Duncan <Yeah>. Ferguson. <laughs> <laughs> just throwing names at the wall and seeing what sticks now. Straight now. Kenny Dalglish. <laughs> Oh, that's so depressing. <laughs> since since before we were even born. Anyway. Well, I was going to go Dennis Law, but then I thought that's a bit too far. It's a bit, bit, bit far away. Sean, how about yourself? Because you, you were making a point uh, just before we started recording about the current striker situation in Scotland. Yeah, I can decide because I think Lyndon Dykes has been fantastic. I really, really like him as a player. I liked him at Levy. Me and Cameron uh, sung his praises at the end of last season um, in the Premiership, and then obviously he's got his, his big move to, to QPR. And he does, he's another one who kind of embodies the attitude, he's hard working, he's physical, he's in your face, and he's scoring goals, which is fantastic, but I just get the feeling that Oliver McBurney gets a lot of criticism, but if you watch him, he's a good player, I thought he was really good off the bench last night, um, the way his link-up play is really good, he is a good finisher when he gets the opportunity, he was unfortunate to hit the crossbar mm-hmm. last night, I just think, if he was to partner with a fully fit Cree, uh, Cree Liffis, Lee Griffiths. <laughs> I don't know who that is. <laughs> I don't either. Um, maybe he could get a call up for the Scotland squad. Um, but I think Lee Griffiths getting in behind with Ollie McBurney finding them, those two playing off each other, 
uh, could be really, really successful in this system. But then it's good to have options now. Lyndon Dykes has been great. Ryan Fraser got Marley Match in a, a sort of uh, striker come central midfielder role last night. So that he just get he get flung about the park for the ninety minutes. To be honest, did, that, that was a physical game for him. What I liked as well is the fact that he was there on that left hand side meant he could go wide and it. Um, what Andy Robertson doesn't like about this system is he has no one to sort of dovetail with he has no mm-hmm. one to link up with and play off because he's the sole wide presence on that flank but then Fraser was then drifting out to help Andy Robertson do that and create a bit of space and then McGinn and Dykes and sort of O'Donnell would be getting in the back post to load the box so I think that worked really well so Fraser might be really good in this system and it's now I think the two up top does give us a lot of options because you don't mm-hmm. necessarily have to play two strikers Ryan Christie's done it for Celtic and Scotland so um, definitely something to keep an eye on Lynn Dix has been great but as, the thing about no friendlies now is you don't really get the chance to try these sort of things out mm-hmm. every game's got something right on it which is good as a fan but also I would like to see us experiment with, with different options in these forward areas and it's it's interesting to make that point because it's been said a lot about kind of Steve Clark at Scotland so far he's not really had any sort of chance to be able to build the team that he wants or get a consistent mm. starting eleven. And now that every game kind of has that added level of importance because everything matters, yep. I feel like he's going to have to be quite ruthless in the selection because he'll have to know exactly who can play with uh, along alongside other players in their positions. Like he would have to know exactly who's going into that back five. And I think it's going to be a case that we see a lot of Declan Gallagher in that Scotland shirt going forward because he seems to have been kind of the mainstay throughout it, uh, especially with McKenna dropping out because of uh, the pandemic and things like that with uh, Gallagher coming in is the thing is he might not be the best out and out centre back we have I mean mm-hmm. he's sitting ninth in the premiership Motherwell haven't been particularly good defensively this season but from what we've seen in the last two games he is fantastic in the middle of a centre back three for Scotland so mm-hmm. stick with that I think that's what other countries have done it doesn't necessarily I mean club form does have to be a factor but if Declan Gallagher continues to perform in a Scotland's uh, strip, but he looks like a complete donkey for Motherwell. I don't care. I'm not a Motherwell fan. I'm a Scotland fan. So as long as he keeps performing um, for the national team, mm-hmm. then keep him in that role. It's a bit like Alan Hutton almost, because he he used to be absolutely right. woeful at club level, and then would come into Scotland and play a half decent couple of games. I quite like so. Alan Hutton at Scotland. So w- wasn't that for Scotland though? I, I think Alan Hutton gets so much unnecessary hate from Scotland fans. I really don't think he was that bad as a national team. Consi- considering who we're having to draft in at right back now. I mean, yeah. I'd happily have another Alan Hutton back, to be honest. Scottish Caffin. Exactly. Yeah, it's probably quite similar to like Pickford as well. At club level, he's absolutely atrocious, and yet he's always going to be England's number one at the moment. Yeah. What are your thoughts, guys, on uh, the, the the performances themselves? Not looking at results. Do you think you, you need to be worried about the fact that we're not creating too many chances? Because I mean, you looked at Twitter before Lyndon Dykes' goal last night, and it was like, so negative. Just mm-hmm. the fact this is mm-hmm. this is insipid. This is so underwhelming. It's so passive. There's no offensive strategy. Does that concern you guys? I think what concerns me is I was thinking during these games, you know, we're missing Armstrong and Christie, who maybe are our most creative midfielders. But then I was kind of thinking back to the previous games against Israel and the Czech Republic, where they were playing, and we were still just as uninspiring mm-hmm. going forward. I think I think that's just the game plan, the way we're set up, though, at the moment. That if we get a chance, we've got to take it. Yeah, you know what? I think I, I think Steve Clark's just tried to sort out the defence first, which is exactly mm-hmm. what we want. Like if Northern Ireland and Wales can make it to the quarterfinals of the Euros by playing well defensively, relying on some Gareth Bale free kicks and some goals for corners like Northern Ireland did, I have <laughs> no problem with that. If it gets us to a major tournament, I'm more than happy. As long as we sort out the defence, 
then we can worry about getting forward. I don't know if you guys will agree with me on that, but I think defence yeah, yeah. uh-huh. is the most important thing for us just now. So Especially when we don't have the best quality at the back, but we're still getting clean sheets. Even if it's against the average opposition, that's still really impressive. Mm-hmm. I, think, I think the point you make about the defence uh, is absolutely well-founded because it's seemingly Steve Clark's building a defence that's making Scotland a hard team to break down and a hard team to beat. And if we can force a goal like we did uh, last night, almost just kind of that one moment where O'Donnell lofted it in and Dykes got on the end of it, I think that's going to kind of that'll kind of sort itself out and become more regular. But I think shoring up that back line and making us actually harder to break down is probably a greater achievement. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know if that's I'm the only one that thinks that, but no, because no, no, no. Scotland have been far far too easy to break down and get goals past in in pre- previous years, and I think that. When we first moved to the back three, I was saying it's weird because Steve Clark had such a sort of rigid system at Kilmarnock. We everyone knew that were do, what they were doing, uh, they knew their roles, and this doesn't seem to be the case with Scotland at all. And I think you've seen since uh, that first game against Israel with the back three, game by game we've improved. The players know what they're doing more. The system's becoming more and more sort of um, yeah. ingrained in their minds. And we've seen it. Uh, uh, sorry to bring it back to Kilmarnock, but Steve Clark. <laughs> no, you're not. Ha- ha- I'm not. Um, had the players drilled in their roles, uh, they were defensively very, very good, and they took their chances when they created them, and it breed results for Kilmarnock. They finished third that season, mm-hmm. and if that's what he's going to do, what the fuck expect when Steve Clark got the Scotland job? Do you think it was going to be free flowing passing football? I don't yeah. care at all as long as we get results, and I just think that. Um, it's what Scotland should have been for a long, long time. We should be in your face, we should be hard to break down and we should just try and be physical and take the chances when we get them. So it's top marks for me and I just think you've got to... That's what Scotland should have been for a long, long time. Yeah. Do, do you just want to take this time just to just to send a love letter to Steve Clark, Sean? Do you, do you, want, to, do you want us to reserve this couple of minutes for you? Just... I already have, mate. Don't worry about it. Right, no, <laughs> done just, that one time. just in case you wanted to like resend it, in case he hadn't got back to you at this point. Oh no, he will. <laughs> you will. You're certain of that. Yeah. Okay. No, that's fine. Just making sure. Uh, of course, there's still one game to play for Scotland before we return to club football this weekend. They're playing Czech at home on Wednesday. Uh, Czech themselves, they beat Israel uh, as we did in the Nations League group. I was saying this. I've seen this to my mates. Uh, we were watching the game and just talking about it at the same time it seems as though we've kind of ended up playing Israel more than any other team in the last five years I'm sick of them yeah <laughs> just oh. we've got to play them away next month and then hopefully we never have to play them again it, it's, it's been a long ride it's been a long ride with Israel and uh, hopefully it comes to it. I, ju- I just want some fresher faces to be honest hopefully a European Championship well that's what's going to happen we get, promoted, we get promoted to Group A we get all those glamour games we'll be playing Spain, Germany, France we'll get beat but it'll be fun that is the thing that is that is the thing we, we've been clamouring for this European uh, or this major tournament place for so long what happens if we just turn up in the group stages and get absolutely battered well we've but, got Czech um, Croatia and England so I think we win that's the World Cup finalists <laughs> <laughs> The favourites for the tournament and the Czech Republic again. <laughs> I I don't want to. I don't, I don't think I'm going to be conscious if we get through and we play England. Like I mean, we play England. If we get through that day, we play England. I'm not going to be on this planet. Scotland, Scotland always have a really good record against Croatia as well. So that's three points. Czech Republic. We've already beat them 
last month, so that's three points. Once the Griffiths gets back called into the squad, three we'll be England. No Armstrong. Yeah, where did the Euros boys? No Armstrong. <laughs> If, for the 85th minute. if we actually get promoted from this Nations League group, which at the moment we're on track to do, I think mm-hmm. that puts us in A for next season, which will mean we'll yeah. have two or three of these top teams anyway, which would be pretty incredible considering we, we started in Group, group C. Like, it's, really, it's, not, it's really loosely ranked as well. We could have like Spain, England and Germany all in the same group. It's not really mm-hmm. like it's not uh, seeded very well, is what I'm trying to say. So it could be a real a bunch of glamour ties for us. Incredible, actually. So what is it? We still we still have to play uh, Slovakia away and Israel away and uh, Czech at home. Even yeah. if even if we draw with Czech at home, that that would be a fairly decent result for us, considering uh, Israel are only on two points and Slovakia are bottom of the group with one, which seems ridiculous. But how how do we feel about this one? Do you feel like it's just going to be another switch up of personnel again? I mean, there's been players that have been drafted into the squad that haven't yet seen action. Struan, I know you're hoping for a bit more of a Hibs inclusion in this game. Do you reckon someone like Porteous is going to get a start, or do you reckon Clark's going to stick with what he knows in that back line? I don't. I don't mean for this to sound disrespectful to the players, but I think in a sense this game is going to be a throwaway, in that quite a lot of the players who have played the first two games will get a rest. We saw Robertson got the booking, which means he uses his suspension for this game rather than the one against Serbia, and I think it'll be the chance to rotate. I, I would be surprised. I would, sorry, I wouldn't be surprised if Marshall's dropped as well. Maybe see McLaughlin or McCrory given a chance. I think this will really be Steve Clark's game to try out the new players who have been called up to the squad. Anyone else got any thoughts on this game? I would. I mean, I don't want it to be a kind of sort of complete new faces. Like I said, I want players to start feeling really comfortable in their roles. I want them to to Clark to make sure they're familiar with each other and also mm-hmm. it's still an important game because I really really like to get promoted to uh, group league A and then you're almost guaranteed because if you're in the group with them those big nations then they're probably going to qualify via the normal routes mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, uh, right. for the World yeah. Cup 2022 so that means we are pretty much guaranteed a World Cup playoff spot if just just by qualifying <laughs> just by getting up to, to league A yeah. Um, so that is obviously very exciting as well. Mm-hmm. Um, the Nations League is great, I love it, man. This has to get value now that we're playing well. Exactly. So um, I would like to see a decent chorus, but then I'd like to see Shanklin maybe partner McBurney. I'd like to see. Interesting. Um, interesting. We've got so many good central midfielders, but apart from again, none of them are guaranteed starters. Yeah, I really right. would like someone else, at least one of one of the other ones, to really say that this defensive role is mine, Ryan Jack, just to say. Because then Ryan Jack was good last month, but I don't think he was great against Israel on mm. um, on Thursday. So one more of them to really stake a claim would be good and try some other things out. Eh? Cameron, how about you? I mean, it's it's been a hard slog for you the last kind of week or so. You've not been able to see either game because of your lack of Sky Sports. But how how do we yeah. see it going? Um, yeah, it's hard for me to talk about like. I can talk about the highlights basically but I don't know what's going on like, I didn't know that Ryan Jack had a very poor game the other night so that's the sort of thing I don't know but I would quite like to see us go with a rotated team to be honest Like I, I don't think there's an issue with that get fresh legs out there Czech might not they might have players really tired from their game against Israel and we just go out and run them off the park and you could see that sort of different kind of performance instead of being so rigid and just sort of a bit what's the word just a bit slow and a bit not creating many chances it'd be good to see us really just hold our own defensive position but have players in attack in midfield that have got legs on them they can run about they can create a lot of chances and maybe bring a bit more of an energetic performance for this kind of game they're for the taking so why not go for it a win here would be huge it means probably just 
two draws or maybe a draw and a win in the last two games would mm-hmm. get us promotion. So, yeah, just go for it. Even if it's rotated players, I don't mind. Just I want to see Ryan Porches. Like Ryan Porches has to start on Wednesday. Yeah. For I would, I would You're like going to need Porches. somebody to mark that Suchek from West Ham at, at set piece. Who's our biggest boy? Who's our biggest boy? I think just stick Porches on. Yeah, uh, Gallagher. Yeah. Porcher, Porcher's probably all starting. I think he should as well. Yeah, yeah Gallagher has been fantastic. Like we were saying, he's probably been the best player of the two games, but 120 minutes and then another 90 last night. So. I think give Ryan Porches his chance because I'm really mm. interested to see him in a Scotland strip and I don't think he'll be too phased by the task at all. No, we've, we've had plenty of discussions about Porches and just his inclusion in the last couple of weeks, so, and haven't we? I mean, there's been a, it's, it's been a weird thing that we're uh, talking about Hibs players coming up in the Scotland squad and Struan's not once mentioned Kevin Nisbet in this podcast. And I'm, Well, I've not been asked any questions about the strikers. <laughs> no, that's never stopped you before, jiming in those true. True, I was trying to be a bit more respectful because I was already going to push a bit of the Lee Griffiths propaganda, so I thought I'd better not push two strikers. That was my point. When I heard you say like Lee Griffiths getting into the squad, I was shocked that it wasn't Kevin Nisbet that was coming out your mouth at that point. It probably could. I mean, the fact that <laughs> at the moment Ollie Burke is getting a call up to the national team. Now, no disrespect to Ollie Burke, and even at the moment to Lawrence Shankland, who hasn't played that much club football, I think it's just a bit disrespectful at the moment. Because f- fair enough, at the moment Dykes and McBurney are going to be your two first choices, but there's no reason why somebody like Nisbet, given his form, I think he's still the top scorer in the league, can can at least feature as a as a sub in the second half against the Czech Republic or something like that, especially when. There's been extra call-ups since the the official squad was announced in the likes of Considine and McGinn. And with the amount of dropouts we've had, I don't know. I just Maybe it's a bit too early for him to come into the squad. Something else I want to raise. I raised it in the group chat last night when I was told about it. Callum Patterson. So, on, on first glance, how old would you, th- would you say Callum <laughs> Patterson looks? I mean, you have spoiled this by putting it in the group chat last night. I, no, I did, no, I did, but I wanted to raise it in case people listening hadn't realised this themselves. I generally thought at, at least Patterson 30. Was, <laughs> I thought, yeah, Patterson somewhere between 29 and 31 was mm. in my head. See, I, I knew he was like mid-20s because Hearts. Like, I will, Hearts connection like one thing, but fuck. Because we had no players whatsoever. We had Jamie McDonald and a bunch of 16-year-olds, basically. So, wait, was so what I age was when he left Hearts? 21. Yeah, like, 21 really? or something, 21, 22. Callum Patterson is 25 years old and looks like Tom Selleck. So, I mean, <laughs> that, that already gives you the impression that he's 30-plus, just looking like that, but... I was I was blown away. So someone brought it up when I was sitting with my mates. Watch, well, I was sitting talking to my mates last night when we were watching the game, and someone brought it up, and I've never been in such disbelief about something. That it's, is a strange one. It's it's an interesting thing we're talking about. Um, uh, talking about strikers, and we've not really brought Patterson up. I mean, would you class him as a striker, or is it? Are it's, we going by his Wikipedia as a, he's a utility man? player? <laughs> He really is though. Like even at Hearts, he's just a utility player. Like chuck him anywhere he's a gap filled, basically. So you could do a job up front. I think he is a centre mid. I think he plays centre mid for Cardiff, if I'm not mistaken. He came through at Hearts as a right back because, like I said before, we had no players. Um, but you can just put him anywhere except goalie, and he'll do a job. So I don't know. I think he's perfect for an international break where you will need substitutes that can fill in gaps anywhere on the pitch and. That's exactly what he brings to the team. I think you're right. I mean, it's, it's what we say about a lot of these kind of players that Scotland have, especially in midfield. They can play a number of different positions. I mean, we can see Christie out wide or through the centre as a second striker. Uh, we can see McTominay at centre back, although some people wouldn't want to see that again. Uh, it's, it's good. It's good to have that kind of diversity, and I think Cam Patterson does bring something that a lot of people can't, in the sense that you will you will be able to just 
smack him anywhere on the pitch and he'll probably put in a half decent performance at least someone else has definitely said this and I've, I'm not the first person to think this but it's just dawned on me that it's quite weird that we have two sets of brothers in our national team right now isn't it I mean, that's definitely the a, McCrory's and the McGinn's. McCrory's and the McGinn's. I don't know how often that is that a national team squad would have two sets of brothers, two separate sets of brothers. Usually it's the countries like Gibraltar and San Marino, so I don't know if it's a good Yeah, because... Yeah. <laughs> that doesn't bode well, does it? <laughs> I watched the 21s on uh, Friday night and Ross McCrory was very, very good. I, I did say he's that. A fa- he's a fantastic <laughs> player. Mm-hmm. Um, just gets really stuck in. His distribution's really good. And then, I mean, we're talking about the central midfielders we have now. The midfield three on Friday night was McCrory, Ferguson and Alan Campbell. And then you've got the likes of Billy Gilmore to come in as well. So, um, quite an exciting future. I mean, if you can maybe try and find some players who play in different positions, that would be great. Different positions that aren't left-back. Yeah, centre mid and left-back. Let's give that a break for a wee while, (laughs) Get some wingers in. So, if if, if you're rapid and you're... Uh, looking to get into football, just just you'll probably have a good chance of making it into the national team one day. We yeah, should do a swap deal with England, a left back for a right back, because yeah. they don't have any good left backs and we don't have any good right backs. Give them Greg Taylor for Reese James. There you go. Take it. We played the Twenty so, played two right backs on. Uh, England on played three right backs against Belgium. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know how they managed that, but. Uh, anyway, we're gonna we're gonna move on, and we're gonna talk about this weekend coming up. We've got two big instances. There's one massive instance in, on Saturday in Glasgow, but no one actually cares about that because the best league in the world is returning on Friday. The Championships, back, boys, and at least three of us at, <laughs> at uh, Energy Sport are happy about it. And I don't even know if it's the boys that support the clubs in the Championship. <laughs> uh, Cameron, I'll cut. I'll come to you because I feel like I can speak more to you about this mm-hmm. than I can the others. How 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 good does it feel? We're, we're going to have some regular competitive football back at our clubs for the first time since March. Yeah, it's like I don't know if I'm that excited. Um, I, I don't know. <laughs> surely, surely there's a Hearts fan you're at least looking forward to. It. Should be okay over by Easter, like it was a few years ago. But this is Hearts, so. I'm not going to make any bold claims just yet. Uh, no, I'm excited. At least the two first games are on um, for Hearts. They were on BBC, I believe, uh, both nice. Friday night games. So it's good that I actually will get to see them. Um, yeah, no, really excited. I think Hearts should be should be really coasting to the title here. I know Dundee are a bit of a threat, but that's a good really. opening game. You've got them it's at Tynecastle. Yeah, it's a great. If they win that, then title race is on kind of thing. But I think if we win that comfortably, then. We won't have any issues. I'd like. I think it'll be more the playoff picture that'll be more exciting because it's not about Dundee United this year. Hearts should be running away with it. So mm-hmm. teams like Dundee, like your Air United, if you want to talk about them. Um, oh, I think I will. Good teams are, are going for the playoff spot. So, what do you think about Air? Do you think you still have a realistic chance? Like Jamie did say it on extra time last week. He said it on extra time, and I I actually had the conversation with him. I was speaking to him about uh, just the championship after he was reporting on. Uh, the first Betfred Cup match that he was at for for us uh, at Hearts, and I was j- just talking to him about the championship coming up. I honestly, I honestly don't know what to make of his chances this year. I, I'm strangely optimistic because Air have done some business where they've brought in some younger faces. Uh, at least the, the fact is they're all sub thirty, so that that's always a good sign. <laughs> and uh, Mark Kerr's committing them to two year deals, so for a lot of these players that are coming in this season, the likes of Tom Walsh. Uh, Daddy was an Atta as well. We're, we're going to see them. From, I, <laughs> I heard that chuckle. I wasn't appreciative of it. Uh, it's kind of 
are showing signs of a project that might be building at Air United, which is a strange thing to see. Because yeah. I think the only project that Air United have had over the last five years is just get the ball to Shankland and <laughs> we'll, we'll be fine. They've somehow still been doing it after they left, just punting the ball. I know, it's, it's, it's <laughs> Towards Dundee, and just trying anything they can. Someone, someone from an United point of view that I think is going to have a big year is Luke McCowan. I, th- I think he's been a very decent player for Air over the last couple of seasons as a kind of attacking attack midfielder, a winger. And I think this could be a real chance for him to show what he's worth and show really what he's made of as a very good player, and at, at least at championship level. Because as, mu- as much as I'm talking it up, there's not a chance we're getting promoted. Because, because the last time we were in the playoffs we bottled it within a game so there, there wasn't even any hope but you never know never know never know you never know but I mean you've got Inverness who I'd imagine are going to be up there yeah. uh, Dundee as you said Dunfermline Dunfermline yeah, as well they've, they've really had some good, good recruitment um, and Hearts, Hearts as you say so it's kind of a five way five way battle for kind of those four spots at the top so it'll be really interesting to see how it pans out Obviously, the biggest games in terms of energy sport uh, content are going to be uh, Boxing Day, the sixth of February, and the thirteenth of March when Hearts play Air. So yes. that that'll be me yes. me going against Cameron and Jamie for the entire week. Special podcast <laughs> those weeks. Cameron, Jamie, and Sean, I think. And Sean, yeah, and then... me googling if if both teams can lose. <laughs> <laughs> I'll end up splitting energy sport down the middle because because when we were talking about fans potentially returning to stadiums, Struan kept going on about every day everyone's going like we we need to get everyone to go to Tyne Castle for the air game, and I wasn't even pushing the narrative that was Struan doing that. So I think <laughs> Struan's just looking for another team to support. If I'm honest, boys, <laughs> just to <laughs> add add to his grown collection. <laughs> I feel like we see this every week, but um, like in terms of fans not being in the stadiums, I so wish they were for the Dundee game on Friday night because obviously there was all the controversy of Dundee's vote and uh, yeah. back. At, this was a lifetime ago, eh? but there's, I think there's still a lot of. I don't think Hearts fans have forgotten uh, everything that happened with Dundee's vote in terms of the league restructuring and stuff. I like do that. not do, so ma- I do not mean when the when the fixtures came out and Dundee tweeted it was. Uh, we will open our championship campaign with a visit to newly relegated Hearts oh, and Midlothian. Just twisting the bag in there. <laughs> oh, Charlie Adam, we're in the show at Tynecastle on Friday. Oh, if we Cannot get beat with a team that have like a hundred and two-year-old defence uh, midfield, sorry, um, yeah. that's it. I'm done. I'm done with Hearts. I'm done with Hearts after one so game of the season. Like, oh, I'm done. <laughs> I don't care if we win ninety-four points. I'm done. Like, can't handle. Dundee are a bogey team as well. Like, I mean, then. Um, a good couple of years back, they got relegated 12, awful, finished like 21 points or something. I think they beat us like three times. It was like two times in two draws. They're, they're just our bogey team and I hate them so much. So, yeah, I'm looking more, more forward to games like Inverness and Dunfermline than Dundee because they, they scare me a little bit. Well, every, everyone scares me as an Air fan, to be honest. So I, th- I, th- I think you should be quite assured of yourself at least yeah, going out this yeah, season. That's true. Sean made the point about wishing the fans were back in stadiums for this weekend. Uh, for the Hearts Dundee game, but I think one game that we would have really liked to have had fans back in stadiums for is Saturday's Old Firm, which at, at the moment is still going ahead. There's been a lot of a lot of whispers about how everything might get shut down again. We don't know what's happening, but at the moment things seem to be going ahead this weekend. What do we reckon, boys? I mean, it's can, there was a lot of time kind of the last few weeks where we've been thinking it's kind of Celtic's game to lose, where Rangers losing players and just the way in which they've both been playing their football but Celtic are having a lot of injuries and a lot of players missing out for this game I mean Edward got the virus uh, we've had that lot of, there just seems to be a lot more doubt surrounding Celtic coming into this one 
So, is it an open and shut case with this game, Struan, or are we expecting a lot of a fight between the two teams and it really could go either way? Uh, I, I still think it could go either way. I think Rangers should be the favourites very much so now, especially with these um, the absentees for yeah. Celtic. It just seems to be growing by the day. There was even fear Shane Duffy was nearly going to miss out, but he played yesterday for Ireland. Mm-hmm. But I, I think it will be a very good game just to watch. I think it doesn't matter who's going to be on the pitch. I still think there's enough talent in that Celtic team to put out one of the strongest 11s you can see in the country. I, I do fancy Rangers to win, though. I think even if Celtic did have a full squad, I think the form Rangers are in at the moment, I think they could pick up a victory from this match. Sean, how do you feel about this one? Yeah, the absentees probably swing the balance in the favour of Rangers. Um, and I agree with Struan that it shouldn't Celtic have a very, very good squad, so should be able to cope with it fairly well, much better than uh, a lot of sides in the league. But yeah, I just think Rangers have the, the deficit to make up, don't they? They've uh, dropped mm. points more than... Celtic and I think that this season needs to be different for Rangers we need to see something different but the thing is that they've been far better than Celtic in most of their meetings, I mean if you look at the League Cup final last year the, how Rangers didn't win that game I think a lot of us won't know mm-hmm. Pure, uh, Pure, That was purely a Fraser Forster yeah, performance and he's not there anymore So Yeah he was absolutely immense that day and then at Parkhead in the 2-1 victory Rangers played them off the park again just before New Year so mm-hmm. if Rangers can do that again against a depleted Celtic squad I've said it before does it put down much of a marker you don't know because you could have said Rangers did that last year it's more the games where Rangers are struggling against a low block that we need to see a difference but these games are obviously massively cru- crucial as well because Celtic haven't lost the game yet mm-hmm. they've only dropped points once against Kilmarnock at Rugby Park and <laughs> um, yeah they need to sort of close that gap a bit so mm-hmm. I think it's uh, the ball's in Rangers court and I think they very much need to to see this one out. And Cameron, if Celtic do go on to win this game, that moves them uh, two points ahead of Rangers with a game in hand. So, I think it really is. The pressure's, I feel like the pressure could be more on Rangers mm. than it is Celtic at this point in the season anyway. I don't know. I, I think, I think not to push my anti-Neil Lennon agenda here, but... <laughs> but I you're going to push it anyway. <laughs> I'm going to push it anyway. Um, <laughs> he's under a lot more pressure than Stephen Gerrard, I think. I think and managers, yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah, as a manager. And I think... The place where we're not quite sure who's missing for this game for Celtic, are we? It could, has there been anything released about who's actually going to miss out on this? Edward might really. be back. Christie will be out. Forrest is isolating. Forrest yeah. is out. Beaton, I believe, and yeah. possibly yeah. Elhamid yeah. well. is both out. Yeah, it's quite a few, quite a few players missing. As Rangers, I don't think they have that much of an injury loss just now. So, um, I'm, I'm kind of back in Rangers a little here to win this mm. and keep the title race going for yeah. much longer than it's been in the past two seasons um, and that's good that, that's good for the Scottish game um, I've always kind of favoured Celtic a little bit more but maybe it's just Graham's influence and Taylor's influence but this season I really hope Rangers do take them to the end and maybe even sneak sneak their 10th title away from them I'd, I'd, I hope it <laughs> part of me kind of hope Celtic just do win it because I cannot. I'm not sure if I'm ready for Taylor in the group chat. <laughs> just constantly screaming "50 Kent" and "Welcome to the Party." I'm. Not, I'm really not sure I'm ready for. It's about who you know. Eh? If you know Rangers fans, you want Celtic to win. If you know Celtic fans, you kind of want Rangers because they're just going to be so smug about it either way. They're both everywhere. Like, you can't even move for them. So. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> We're in the country. You We're actually incredibly unique right now that none of us support one of the old firm. Well, I mean, on the on this show, yeah. Yeah. Uh-huh. yeah. Um. um 
the I, thing I, is with so, sorry Jack no, um, the, yeah. the thing is with uh, Celtic and Rangers and who you want to, to win this in 10 in a row is as much as you don't want Celtic to win 10 in a row you're constantly reminded that the alternative to that is Rangers winning a league yeah. for the first time in however many years and, mm. um, or it's the Rangers first league uh, <laughs> technically they're history uh, but we're not getting into that <laughs> that conversation are we it's just not going to be fun either way but I think yeah, yeah I think I'd rather actually that Celtic didn't quite get their 10 in a row yeah. keep that one going I'd, 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 I think I'd favour Celtic of course you would yeah of course I would but that's that's because of the father that's because of the father I I suppose I'm in the same boat as you Struan just because of the father but it's interesting currently well until Amy got added into the group chat uh, the other day Mm. we didn't have any Celtic fans that were were consistently producing (laughs) I think I was the closest you you were the closest (laughs) thing to it that were consistently producing content for for energy sport I mean I think think David Roney was before he graduated but since, since he graduated about two years ago Mm-hmm. A start lack of Celtic fans in uh, energy sport. It's been heavily dominated by Graham and Taylor as Rangers boys, which I'm, I'm not sure I'm a fan of. It's quite a change. Just, just from balance, in my high school, if you if you were to go through like Scottish team supporting, that's probably the only person who wasn't supporting one of the old firm. But wait, um, do you go to school in Stirling as well? Yeah, well, it's still an area. So why are you a Hibs fan? That's far away. Uh, so it's like my mum's side are like originally from Edinburgh and like granddad and that side are all Hibs fans and then like my dad's side's like a mix of Celtic and Rangers great choice though so you felt <laughs> left out being a Hibs fan and I'm a Kilmarnock fan from Midlothian <laughs> <laughs> at least I'm an Air fan from Ayrshire boys come on, yeah. <laughs> come on. I mean I'm not going to support Sterling Albion on the regular as that, much. That, was, that was the thing like at uh, school for me it was either either one of the old firm or one of the Ayrshire teams and it was very rare you would come across somebody that supports something different. I had one of my mates, Lee. He's a Hearts fan, and he and he's lived in lived in the south south coast his whole life. So I don't really know what that connection is about. But I'm sure I'm sure he could have a very good conversation with Cameron one day if if he ever appears. Me and Jamie will hang out on Monday. Aye, we'll get we'll get that sorted. I'll get I'll get him phoned up and tell him we'll get pals for him. A wee meet up. <laughs> Take him to the Algarve. <laughs> don't just go down to diggers. <laughs> could do. Uh, and with that, with my mate getting plans made for him <laughs> off the back of being a Hearts fan, we're going to wrap up this week's show. Thank you very much for listening to this episode of the Football Roundup. Be sure to subscribe to Energy Sports Podcast feed whenever you get yours and follow us over on Twitter at ENRG Sport to keep up to date with all of our sports content coming out. Thank you very much to Struan, Sean and Cameron for joining me today. Be sure to check out Energy Extra Time and the Fancy Ramble when it makes its return later in the week. But until then, I've been Jack Donnelly. This has been the Football Roundup. Thank you very much for listening and we will see you next time.